Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Bill, how are you doing today? Ah, Good morning, Jason. I'm doing fabulous. I hope you are. I'm doing great, Bill. I know you're excited. Uh, I I meet very few people as patriotic as you are. I know you're very excited (laughs) about early voting starting this week. Well, I would encourage everyone uh, uh, to vote. I mean, it is our duty to do that. And it's uh, one of the things that disappoints me in most elections is the fact that there are such there's such a large percentage of people that don't vote. They, they just think their vote doesn't uh, count, doesn't matter, uh, won't change things. And the fact is it does matter and it will change things or can change things or keep things the same depending on what you want and how you vote. Uh, so, uh, but uh, the, the fact is that early voting is the way to go because uh, at least you can get through the line much faster and you don't have to wait two or three hours uh, to vote, which I suspect this year will be the norm for folks who wait for election day. Uh, now, I realize, too, that a lot of folks will be um, uh, mailing in ballots, you know, because we are doing our patriotic duty to stay safe and stay at home. Uh, and I would encourage that, too. Uh, however, I would also say that if, if you have – and you need to look at the rules – um, uh, for instance, my uh, my son uh, is out of town, uh, but he, he's a permanent resident uh, at my address. And, you know, w- when he comes back, he lives at our house uh, and he'll be voting. Uh, and uh, but as his father, when I go to early vote, I can take his absentee ballot with me. And uh, and make sure that it's counted, uh, you know, in terms of not having to worry about, uh, you know, when it's, uh, uh, you know, when it's dated or how, you know, those kinds of things. So I can make sure that his ballot gets counted by taking it with me when I go to early vote. But I would caution people that that's a very restricted kind of thing. So if you're thinking about doing that, you need to go online to um, the election board website and see who can actually do that. Otherwise, the ballot needs to be mailed in. It's that simple. Uh, But um, it's a matter of going to official sites, not the garbage you're getting in the mail, but uh, going to the North Carolina elections board website to make sure that the rules uh, that you're counting on are the, are the rules because <laughs> there there uh, is some uh, bad information uh, that is uh, being propagated and that's not a good thing so you got to know what uh, obviously and you can go on and and get uh, the sites for early voting as well but It'll save you a whole lot of time if you just get out there and go to an early voting site and cast your ballot. And that's that's something all of us should do, regardless of party and regardless of how you feel about things. Get out there and vote. That's that's important. Very well said, Bill. Well, let's get into uh, the meat of the show today. And I know the first thing that you wanted to talk about is something that's very important for all of us when it comes to our legal documents, and that has to do with beneficiary designations well it is important in fact it frustrates the heck out of me how people can ruin 
a very good estate plan by using uh, improperly uh, beneficiary designation. So if you're a banker or a financial advisor uh, or a a person at a credit union, uh, listen up, because the truth is, is that when you encourage people to use what's called a POD, pay on death, or a TOD, transfer on death, more often than not, you're screwing up a well-thought-out estate plan. And I think they're teaching people uh, in their seminars to encourage their, uh, uh, their clients to use PODs and TODs and beneficiary designations. And that's what they are. They're beneficiary designations, a transfer on death, a pay on death, overrides uh, anything that you might have in your trust or your will, your last will and testament. And so, uh, I mean, just recently, uh, our office is handling an estate, and uh, the fella clearly wanted, and and he lost his wife, and when he went in, he uh, changed what had been a joint account to an account in his own name. So he he actually had to go in and change uh, the signature card. Well, lo and behold, uh, and I'm you know I know that he intended for all of his children to share equally in his estate. All of his children were participating, helping him in his senior years. All of them were uh, doing their part. Uh, and the like. Well, guess what happened? <laughs> Went to the credit union, and they were filling out this form. And part of the form, you know, not only had to change it from a joint account, but the rest of the form had to do with the POD. And quite frankly, the form wasn't fully uh, filled out or wasn't filled out properly. I, but quite frankly, what happened was. Uh, the fellow who was filling it out put one of the three children on that account, and or all of the accounts at the credit union. And guess what? Most of the fellow's money was actually in. In other words, most of his estate was in that in the credit union. And of course, uh, the credit union took the position: Well, hey, he's got a POD here; it's going to be paid to that one child. Well, with a beneficiary designation, it's uh, you know it's going to go legally to that one child, and uh, you know the the child could take the position. Well, it's not what my dad intended; he wanted it to be shared equally, uh, and so I'll share it equally. And of course, we offered uh, to uh, do the gift tax returns that would be required for the gifting and the like. But, you know, it's the kind of thing where that should not happen. And the fact is, is the bankers and the credit union people and the financial advisors, yes, it's easier for the institution if they have a beneficiary designation. That way they don't have to look at the will. They don't have to worry about a trustee. They don't, you know, it's easier for them, but it screws their clients more often than not. And... and the fact is they should never do a POD or a TOD without asking the client if they have an attorney, if they have a will, if they have an estate plan. 
And, uh, you know, I've had lots of cases where these PODs and TODs have screwed up and cost the family in lots of different ways. I had another case that I talk about occasionally where uh, we had uh, the wife was on Medicaid and all of the resources was in the husband's name. Uh, and it was a substantial sum because uh, it had been saved with a Medicaid plan, and it was over a half million dollars. And guess what? The banker said, oh, Mr. Smith, come on in. Oh, don't you? You know, if you sign this right here, that will save you from having to go to probate. Well, guess what? He, he relied on the banker as a trusted advisor and screwed up a, a, a really important plan for the family because, guess what? His, his will said, I want everything I own to go into a supplemental needs trust for the exclusive benefit of my wife. Well, that supplemental needs trust in his will would have been a protected asset, would have kept his wife on Medicaid, and then at her death, what was left in the trust would have gone to their children with no estate recovery from Medicaid whatsoever. In other words, it's an asset protection trust. And of course, most people know that's what I do. I like to protect assets for families. And, and the bottom line is, it was the damn banker who screwed the plan up? Did the banker call us and say, well, does Mr. Jones or Mr. Smith have uh, an estate plan where this would be in his best interest? No. They made the assumption that it's always best to avoid probate, or they've been taught to, uh, by their own institution to get people to do this so that, so that the institution has a, a, a way to pay it. And the fact is, is that more often than not, these beneficiary designations that the banks and the credit unions and the financial advisors have people sign actually uh, is not in their best interest. It, more often than not, it screws up a really good plan. Uh, the only time that they're appropriate is when a person has a very simple estate. They don't really have an estate plan. Uh, and so, yes, can it be used to substitute for a will? Yes. But if there is a will, it will screw it up more often than not. And see, the other thing, too, is that a will or a trust is always going to have contingency planning in the event that a person uh, dies or is disabled or uh, and the like, whereas a beneficiary designation does not. It doesn't have contingency planning. It it doesn't have anything regarding what if the person's disabled. Uh, what if the person's already died? Who does it go to? Does it go to their children? Does it go back into the estate? Does it screw up everything? And and more often than not. It, it totally changes a person's well-thought-out estate plan. So does it make me angry? <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> you know, it's the kind of thing where if these professionals would just think about the fact 
that there might be an estate plan where this is not consistent with the estate plan. Have I ever, as uh, you know, and I've been practicing law for 44 years plus at this point, have I once gotten a call from a banker or a financial advisor or a a, 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 you know, a credit union person saying, we're here look, you know, talking to Mr. Smith, and he tells us that you represent him, and we're talking about uh, having him sign a POD or a TOD uh, to avoid probate. Um, is that in his best interest? Would you advise him to do that? Have I ever gotten a call like that? Heck no. And will I ever? Probably not. And so I would tell folks that if you have an attorney, if you have an estate plan, if you have a will, don't go signing a POD or TOD without talking to your attorney, because the, the attorney who prepared your will for you, who prepared your trust, who prepared your your estate plan. It's the attorney who understands how all of this stuff works together. But most people uh, wrongly think that their will, their last will and testament, that they know is well thought out, they've, they've signed it with two witnesses and a notary and all of this stuff being done properly, they think that the will trumps everything else. But it's just the opposite. The, the will basically takes everything that's not distributed pursuant to beneficiary des- designations or, you know, uh, and, and quite frankly, you know, for a lot of married folks, they, are, they have their title to property set up so that the survivor actually receives the property by joint with right of survivorship or their home with tenancy by the entirety. That's a little different issue there when you're trying to get everything to your spouse. But the bottom line is that these professional bankers and financial advisors should never assume that a POD or a TOD is in the best interest of uh, their customers it, uh, or clients. It, uh, I have seen it ruin an estate plan so often it's not funny. And it makes me mad every time I see it because I know that there are these young people out there that have very little training, but, but they're trusted by their customers as people who give good and proper advice. But more often than not, they don't know what they're talking about. And you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> It's the phrase that we revisit so often on this program, and it's true. You don't know what you don't know, and that's why you need professional guidance. If you have an estate plan and some of these beneficiary designations are raising red flags in your mind, get a hold of Bill. He can review your plans. Go to WGALaw.com. There you can schedule an appointment to speak to Bill. You can also register for Bill's free seminars that he holds once a month, the second Wednesday of every month. Again, WGALaw.com. Or you can call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. Or if you need a, an estate plan or you want to set up an asset protection plan, get a hold of Bill for that as well. WGALaw.com or 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We will be right back. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about Bill online at WGALaw.com. I am Jason Kong. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, Bill, we're going to switch gears here a little bit, and you're going to talk to us about discounts and saving money. This, This is what I love to hear, Bill. Again, part of asset protection is out how to pay less. You know, and that's whether it's income tax, estate tax, or uh, automobile insurance, or other stuff. And so the first thing I would tell you, and this is something that Americans are not good at, <laughs> okay? And a, a quite fr- and you don't need a lawyer to do it. You, it's simply negotiating. And because all of us... Um, we all buy in to uh, teaser rates. Uh, And what I mean by that is whether it's your cell phone contract or whether it is your internet contract, or you can probably think of of at least five or ten different types of contracts where you pay a substantial amount of money each month. And and sometimes these are bundle things like you get your telephone and you get your internet and you get your television all for a bundled price. And then what happens a year later? Uh, it goes up substantially. And uh, so the first thing that I would tell you, and, and uh, quite frankly, I'm not as good at it as a, a lot of folks because uh, Again, as Americans, we we're not we don't come from a society of bargainers. Uh, you know, we go into a store, we look at the price, and we say yay or nay. <laughs> you know, it's not like you can go up to the manager and say, "Well, I'll give you half of that." Uh, <laughs> You know, that's just not the way our system works for the most part. But the fact is, is that with so many things, you can actually bargain. So if you've you've gotten into a contract with a teaser rate and then you the next year, uh, your rates go up significantly. Or if you've been with a company, uh, you know, for Internet service or whatever, uh, and, and uh, your rate goes up. Uh, and it, it's like, well, you know, that's that's what we do, and that's what they all do, quite frankly. You can call them up. My sister-in-law is an expert at this. In fact, uh, anytime uh, she's under a contract where the rate goes up, she basically says, what the heck are you doing? I'm going to change this contract. I'm going somewhere else. You're not going to keep me unless you reduce this right now. Cause, and she is fabulous at negotiating with these folks. And you would be shocked at the fact that in every instance, she gets what she wants. And it's because all of these folks, when you call in ready to go somewhere else, they all have the ability to reduce your rates to keep you happy and keep you with that company. So the fact is, whenever you have a contract where the rate goes up, you should call and negotiate it back down. And sometimes you can even get less than what you were paying before if, you, if you're insistent about it. But you, you have to have the attitude of, 
that's not good enough. You've got to go lower than that if you want to keep me. You know, you're offering this to all your new customers, and, and, you know, why should I have to pay more just because you want to raise my rates? You know, that's – I'm not willing to do that. That's just uh, – I mean, we have to learn that some other cultures are ahead of us in terms of not accepting having to pay more. So, now, there's another one. And this is a biggie because an, another part of our culture is being lazy. <laughs> okay, we procrastinate and we're lazy. We we researched a few years ago what was the best car insurance. Who gave us the best rate? And the fact is, is that insurance realizes they count on the fact that we procrastinate and we're lazy about redoing what we did four or five years ago. And guess what they do? They give us a nice teaser rate to start out. Why do you think every insurance company can give you a 15% discount or more or a $500 discount or a $750 on average discount from what you're paying now? It's because they all give you teaser rates when you switch. So guess what? If you want to save a substantial amount on your Car insurance. Now, the car, the obviously insurance people are not going to be liking what I'm saying, but the fact is, if you move carriers every two, three years, you will save a significant portion on how much you pay out for your car insurance. I mean, it's just uh, the way it is. So now. This is one of those things where, you know, it's sort of like the, the preacher, uh, do as I say and not as I do <laughs> kind of thing, because I'm just as lazy and procrastinate as much as anybody else. And, and, but this is something that's important to us. And, of course, right now people are struggling to pay their bills. Well, if you can negotiate these contracts, if you can reduce how much you have to pay, for your insurance purposes. Does that not help everybody? It does. So we've got to do that. Now, there are some folks, and a lot of folks buy newer cars. Well, you have to tell the insurance people, whether it's your current insurer or uh, a new insurance carrier, but there are lots of discounts that if they don't know you have it, you're not going to get the discount. So what am I talking about? Well, first of all, if you have uh, daytime running lights, and most of the new cars do, but if you don't tell the insurance company, then they're not going to put it down that you have daytime running lights. Or if you have a key fob with an alarm on it, you know, again, most new cars have that. Well, both of those are two big items that will give you a discount. So that's important. You know, obviously, almost all cars have airbags now. And, of course, there's a discount for having airbags. So you would think that that is an assumption. But the fact is uh, you need to call your insurance uh, uh, a person and basically ask them, are you getting the discount for having a key fob alarm or having airbags or having daytime running lights? And if the answer is no, you need to get that corrected right away because that can save you money. 
Now, all of us know that if in most insurance carriers, if you haven't had any tickets for three years, that a lot of carriers give you discounts on that. Or if you've not been in any automobile accidents in several years, then most carriers give you a discount. Um, so, uh, and in fact, um, there are even discounts for living in safe areas. You know, postal codes uh, will also give you a discount if if you're in an area that is safer than the the normal postal code, if you will. So uh, the truth is, most folks do not claim these discounts. And if you guess what, if you don't claim them, you don't get them. So the most important piece, quite frankly, is actually to switch carriers. That will save you the most money. But if you're staying with the same company or not, making sure that you get these discounts uh, make a difference. Now, obviously, there's also multi-car discounts and bundling it with your home. There's a discount for that as well. And most people know that I recommend everyone to have umbrella insurance. If you have anything to protect, having umbrella insurance is, is a key part of your insurance plan. And, of course, having uh, multi-cars and, and bundled with your home gets you a discount as well. So uh, that all of those are really important discounts for folks to know about. Take advantage of the savings that are available to you. You can uh, shop around, as Bill said, or you know, contact your insurance policy holder and see if any of those discounts apply to you. We have to take a quick break. We will be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about him online at WGALaw.com. That's also where you can register for Bill's free seminars, WGALaw.com. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And uh, Bill, I I think when we wrap up with the program here today, I'm going to one, shop around for some uh, different insurance policies and also review what I currently have to make sure I'm getting the discounts that you mentioned. Absolutely. Well, it's really important for us in North Carolina to realize that all car insurance policies in North Carolina, is they are exactly the same. Same provisions, same definitions that required by law. They are the same. Same thing with your homeowner's insurance. So if you, what I'm saying is, now obviously there are variables in the policies. You know, in other words, you can have a minimum policy or a maximum policy in terms of, of those kinds of things. And we've talked about some of those things on the show. But the point I want to make is that every insurance policy, as it relates to car insurance or your home, they are exactly the same from company to company. So you don't have to compare policies. The only differential, there are two differentials. Number one, the most important one in a lot of ways for most people is how much you pay. So if you get a discount, you're getting the very same policy and the very same provisions whether you get a discount or not. And that's important for folks to know. It's not like you're getting cut rate insurance because you're getting a discount. You're getting the very same insurance policy. So the only two things that are different from policy to policy is how much you pay and the service that you get. 
and the service while you're paying claims, the advice that you get, and the service when you have an accident in terms of how that claim is paid and those kinds of things. But that's the only difference. It's the policies are the same. Folks need to know that. Makes it much easier to compare when you understand that. And Bill, I think this is such an important discussion because it, it all goes back to something that you you often preach and that it's so important to spend less than you than you make. And if you're able to cut expenses and lower that, well then hey, you're you're heading off in the right direction. And I think uh, the folks in Washington D.C. could probably. Uh, learn that lesson as well, if, no, if you could teach it to them. No, no, no question about it. Jason, I think you're becoming an advocate. I, I appreciate that. So I- anyway, um, okay, so let's move on. Uh, and I want to lo- move on to taxes, because obviously part of any kind of asset protection plan is how do we lower your tax bill? Or are there some things that we can do as part of your planning to lower your tax bill? And and quite frankly, this is where your accountant, your CPAs, uh, your attorneys uh, can give you advice and tricks of the trade, if you will, uh, that you uh, may or may not want to implement. But most people that I know want to lower their tax bill properly and safely if they can. So uh, so the first thing I would go is back to what you said about the folks in Washington need to learn a, a little humility, uh, <laughs> and they need to, to um, uh, uh, give us a better system, if you will, when it comes uh, to things. But I have been preaching uh, the last several weeks about the fact that no matter who wins the election, that as Americans, we can expect our tax bill to go up. And now I'm talking about uh, tax bill includes income tax and estate tax. And I say that because right now, uh, uh, and again, this is all bipartisan, um, <clears throat> these relief bills and everything else. And even before the coronavirus pandemic and before all these relief bills came into play where they're spending trillions of dollars additional, we were already uh, running a, a, a fairly sizable deficit within our federal budget. And th- let me put it this way. Any responsible government at this point needs to do everything possible to reduce the deficit and then eliminate the deficit. And the reason is real simple. Running a deficit means that your national debt goes up. And, the, and uh, in other words, it increases. Well, as the national debt increases, the payment of interest, which is required to be paid by the government, goes up every year. And as your interest payment goes up, it means that the amount of money left to pay for everything else, national defense, uh, research, uh, you know, Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security, everything else, the amount of money that's left goes down. And so the only way to be able to responsibly govern 
is to not have a deficit and then over time reduce the debt. But you, you as you're when you're not running a balanced budget and you're deficit spending, it means your debt is increasing every year, which means less money for everything else. So get ready. It doesn't matter who wins the election. We're, uh, our debt is way uh, past due, if you will. And the only difference between us and the government is the fact that the government can put off paying their debt. <laughs> we can't do that. So um, now, when I say that taxes are going to go up, when you're looking at the election, the, it's not whether taxes will go up. It doesn't matter whether the Democrats or the Republicans win. Taxes are going to go up. The only differential is who will be paying more tax. And, and there, that's where the political differences actually lie. It's not that taxes won't go up. They will go up, and, and it won't matter whether it's Republican or Democrat. So we got to get ready. So from an asset protection perspective, it's like, okay, what can we implement now to save taxes? Now, I want to break this down into two parts, uh, Jason. Number one is, are there things that everyday folks can do to save money as it relates to taxes? Uh, and there, the answer is yes. And not everybody needs to, uh, to do a tax savings plan. But then the other part is, what about those folks who are are very wealthy and have the potential for their families to pay estate tax when they die? Uh, because already in the law, I mean, a lot of folks don't realize this, but in the current tax law, all of these tax savings for everyone but corporations is sunset so that automatically our taxes go up. Again, no matter who wins the election, our taxes are going to go up in 2026. And that, again, um, you know, having that long a period of time may not be a good idea anyway, but that's, again, it's all about, uh, it all goes back to the deficit and the debt and how that all works together and those kinds of things. But I want to talk about what, uh, uh, those of us who are, you know, in a normal tax bracket, if you will, can do. We will get into that discussion right after this. Don't forget, you can always go to WGALaw.com and find information about Bill, whether it's scheduling an appointment, whether it's registering for his free seminars dealing with long-term care assistance and also VA benefits and Medicaid. You can also register for his other seminar dealing with asset protection and trust planning. It's WGALaw.com. Just click on the seminars button to register for those free seminars. And don't forget, you can also call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. Quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We will be right back. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we're having a discussion on uh, taxes being raised in the future. It seems like it's inevitable, and Bill, you've got some uh, tips for us for helping to lower our tax bill as a form of asset protection. 
Right. Well, the first thing you have to understand is, is that uh, not everybody uh, is going to be in a position to do it. Not everybody needs to do it. The first thing that folks need to recognize is, uh, what's my current situation? And that is, am I still working? Am I retired? What's my income look like? Uh, uh, am I married? Uh, what's my health situation look like? What, In other words, there are a lot of variables that need to uh, be factored in as to whether some of these approaches are even a good idea or not. So one of the basic things to, uh, to recognize is the traditional uh, IRA-type planning is based on the fact that when you retire, your income goes down significantly, hence your tax rate goes down significantly. Uh, and, and, of course, Part of the issue is that is not true for everyone. You know, a lot of folks have rental income and they have other types of income so that when they retire, their income doesn't necessarily go down. Well, if you're in that category, then uh, if tax rates go up, then you may want to look at some of the things that you can do to convert uh, you know, pay your taxes now, if you will, rather than paying your taxes in the future. And so obviously one technique is converting uh, or paying more into an IRA, uh, into a Roth IRA. Now, a traditional Roth, uh, most folks, anybody under 50 can contribute $6,000 a year. Uh, to a Roth. Now, with a Roth, you pay taxes currently, but you don't have to. Be, it grows tax-free, and then you take it out in retirement uh, income tax-free. So that's a, a great situation to be in if you can do it and if it makes sense to do it. Because if you knew the tax rates were going to be the same, it pretty much evens out whether you do a Roth or you don't do a Roth. But if you know tax rates are going up, and your income is still going to be high, then doing that uh, is a pretty good idea. Now, some employees have what's called a Roth 401k. And uh, if you have one of those, not everybody has those, but if you have them, then you can actually contribute up to uh, $19,500 if you're under 50 and 26000 dollars per year if you are 50 or above. Now, again, that is going to be a variable. And for some folks, that would be a hardship. They they want that. You know, if you want the, uh, the, the reduced income taxes this year, then you do a, a traditional IRA. If you're looking to the future, then a Roth is a great way to uh, convert. Now, there's a new thing that most folks haven't not heard of called a LERP. <laughs> That's a life insurance retirement plan. And actually, uh, that works very well if you're healthy and young. And there's an option that a lot of advisors don't think about, and that is that you can purchase a life insurance policy potentially on your child or grandchild. 
And, uh, you know, if you purchase an insurance policy, I recommend it all the time for grandparents to do for the benefit of a grandchild. But if you could also do one for your own benefit because the owner of the policy has the ability to borrow against the cash value of a policy. And a LERP is a life insurance policy that actually is designed for cash value buildup as opposed to death benefit. And a, a young child pays very, very little in a policy for death benefit. And that's the key as to how it works. And so, in essence, you purchase a policy that you own, and in the future you could, in fact, uh, borrow against it. So there are some things like that. Now, uh, there are other th- health savings accounts or other ways that folks should, because that's a tax-free, tax-free situation for folks, and that's a, a blessing that Everyone who has a self uh, health savings account that requires a high deductible uh, health plan with an employer. But if you got one, maximize it. It's huge. Now, for really wealthy families, we may you may have an emergency situation, and that is that um, the estate tax exemption we know is coming down to five point six million in twenty twenty six, but it could come down. Before then, depending on the election, we know that for the rest of this year that the gift tax uh, exemption is $11.58 million. So wealthy families that may have an estate tax problem should take advantage of the gift tax exemption with a trust. And most of the trusts that will be used are called SLATs which is where you set up a trust for your spouse and your children. And uh, this will sound funny, but a lot of folks would use what's called a floating spouse. Each spouse sets one up for the other, if you will, um, with floating spouses, uh, just in case things don't go right in your marriage. Uh, <laughs> that sounds funny. I can, If you went to my seminar, you probably heard about that. And I, 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 I want to thank the folks who attended my seminars. We had a lot of fun, and it was uh, always well-received. So, uh, But the bottom line is, is that those families of wealth need to be talking to their estate planners now because they may need to implement a gift plan into a trust before the end of the year. We do know that if they use their exemption this year, it, it, it will be good to go in future years. If that situation applies to you, find more information at Bill's Seminars. Go to WGALaw.com, and there you can click on the Seminars button. It's free to register for Bill's Asset Protection and Trust Planning Seminar. We do this the second Wednesday of every month, so be sure to head over to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button, and there you can register for the seminars happening in November. And the other seminar deals with long-term care assistance, Medicaid, and VA benefits. It's uh, information that you really can't find anywhere else, and it's free to attend, free to register, WGALaw.com, or call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. More right after this.
You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. We thank you so much for listening. We are just about out of time. I want to remind you that you can always go to WGALaw.com. There you can find information about the many services that Bill and WG Alexander and Associates provides. You can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Uh, Bill's also doing that virtually if you're worried about providing social distance and making sure that you can uh, uh, get your legal affairs taken care of from the comfort of your own home. You can find more information about that at WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. And WGALaw.com is also where you go to register for the November seminars that Bill puts on. They're free to attend, free to register. Again, WGALaw.com. We are out of time for today. We hope you'll join us again same time next week for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a great weekend.